This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef for the garden, uh, Frank Proctor, here uh, checking in on a, a long holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Charlie, what a gorgeous day it was yesterday, oh, huh? Yesterday was just to yeah. die for. Oh, It was man. so perfect. Well, I was in the studio doing the show for Norm Edwards from 1 to 6, looking out through the window here in the Zoomerplex going, I want to go outside and play, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was, but it, it beautiful, beautiful day. It was a great day to be outside. Yeah. Now, I I do want to say, and I've said this before, I like spring to come in nice and cool and prolonged, yeah. so that we have much more longevity of our spring flowers. Okay. Yeah. When we get those twenty degree days, then that's it. Poof! Oh, you know, the flowers just pop, pop, pooch, yep. done. Yep. Twenty four hours later, no more. So I, I prefer the cooler. So we mm. do have cooler temperatures coming, so I'm happy about that. Well, we'd like to have folks pop by here, mm-hmm. if audio only. Uh, let me get the phone numbers on the air, because you've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about there as far as events. Let me see. In Toronto, uh, give a call to 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. If you're a first-time caller, Please let Sebastian, our uh, op, know, and uh, when you come to the air, you'll hear that. A little welcoming uh, bell. Yeah, the bell get your wings. represents you being a member of the family and exactly. dropping in and getting wings, with yeah. which to oh, garden even better. Should mention, too, our little mantra, call early, call often, one question per call, okay? Good enough. Well, we got a whole bunch of folks calling in already, but you have a raft of thingies to get on <laughs> It the is air. spring, after yes. all. A lot going on. Let me just say right off the top, again, mm-hmm. the Riverdale, so the annual event, the fundraising event that the Riverdale Horticultural Society holds um, is called their Worm Castings Sale. Mm-hmm. So you know what worm castings are, right? Yep. What? Worm poop. Worm poop. You got it. You got it. Worm poop will improve your soil. It's the world's best amendment. It's a natural fertilizer. It's nutrient-rich and odorless. Now, you got some last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And was it odorless? Uh, As far as I know. Now, mind you, Shirley was the I was just going to say, (laughs) you just handed it off to Shirley, and she handled it. All right. Well, the the, um, Richmond Hill, sorry, Riverdale Hort Society is selling worm castings. Large bags, medium bags, and small bags, so ranging from 5 to $15. Orders are accepted in advance. So if you're interested in getting some, you order it, and then you pick it up in May. Until so, the May 17th, I think it is. Yeah, well, that's it. Orders are accepted until May yeah. 17th. Mm-hmm. So it's, the email is RHS, so that stands for Riverdale Hort Society, RHS, Worm Castings. All one word, RHS, wormcastings at gmail.com. So okay. you can get more information or place an order. Righto. What else is going on here? 
Uh, I've mentioned this before, but I will just mention it one more time. This Tuesday, the Penetanguishing Garden Club is hosting Paul Zamet as their uh-huh. featured speaker. They're meeting at the Brian Orser Hall in, Pen- in the Penetanguishing Memorial Community Center, 61 Maria Street. Um, that's uh, 7 o'clock in the evening, 5. Everybody's welcome. There's going to be lovely desserts. Oh, speaking of desserts, I was Uh-oh. at the Oro Medanti Horticultural Society last Monday. Uh-huh. Man, do they have good good snacks there. It's all homemade. You want to get to Charlie's heart. That dessert table does it every time. Well, I, I got sent home with a box, a box of goodies. Oh, Elliot was just over the moon. So, yeah, they really good snacks there. So I imagine the same thing with the penetanguishing folks. Anyway, so that's going on on Tuesday. Next Saturday, remember, is Earth Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will have uh, we'll be joined next week here in the studio by Mark DeZero, who's been on the show before. He's the creator of trip, uh, a website called GardenToronto.ca, and he gardens a large rural property just outside Brantford. Oh, so nice. roses are his real passion, mm-hmm. and so for any of you that are interested in learning more or picking Mark's brain on anything, but roses particularly, he will be here with us for the hour next week. Uh, also going on next Saturday, of course. Earth Day celebrations all over the place. Toronto Botanical Gardens mm-hmm. Teaching Garden is hosting an event, free, no registration required, fully accessible, help plant the teaching garden, mm-hmm. create nature crafts. Uh, it's a very family-oriented event, Event, obviously. Learn about urban and wildlife. Uh, enjoy a healthy smoothie made with food shares, blender bike, bicycle. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That, that makes pedal like Madden. Exactly, make yeah. a smoothie by pedaling. That's good. And then recycle your old batteries. Anyway, so that'll be fun. That's next Saturday. Um, and then next Sunday, April 23rd, the Toronto Rhododendron Society is holding their annual Roto and Azalea plant sale. Starts at 10 a.m. in the Garden Hall at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East. Many varieties not commonly found in garden centers will be available. So good planting demonstrations experts to help you be successful with rotos and azaleas. Okay, we're coming up to 914, so we've got a bunch of folks waiting online uh, to plumb your little noggin, <laughs> and we'll see what we can do about that uh, when Charlie continues on the Garden Show here from Zuma Radio AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's stay in town here for a moment. Uh, Here in Toronto is Jerry on the line with us right now. Good morning, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, Listen, um, I have two cactus plants and a succulent. Mm -hmm. Now, my cactus plants over a period of time, well, first of all, one cactus plant is in a big 8-inch pot, Mm -hmm. and my other cactus plant was in a 6-inch pot, and I'm repotting my succulent. But anyhow, Mm -hmm. I have to top up my cactus plants about, I'm getting confused here. My cactus plants have gone from one inch, the soil from one inch from the top, mm. to about four inches down. Oh, okay. So I've got to top up the soil in right. my cactus plants, you see. Right. Now, how do I know and how much fertilizer do I put in these cactus plants now? Okay, so uh, it, first of all, don't just add four inches of soil onto the surface because then you'd be covering the part of the cactus with the soil, and you don't want to do that. They'll just end up rotting. What I would do is I would 
tilt the pots over on their side, sl- put on some gloves, slide the cactus out of the pot, put in four inches of brand new fresh cactus potting soil, then slide the plant back into the pot, water once. In terms you try of to play with a porcupine? No, that's what I'm saying. Gloves. You gotta wear gloves to do this. Um, but in terms of fertilizing, do not do a lot of fertilizing with cactus. Once twice a year at the most. And for sure you could do it now, but don't be doing it, you know, every month or anything like that. You'll regret it. Cactus need to grow very slowly. Yeah, because man alive, uh, Charlie, like this cactus plant in my eight-inch pot is huge. Mm-hmm. And my God, it would make any porcupine proud. You know? <laughs> Excellent. And, well, uh, you, you can't get puncture-proof gloves. You true. Know, you, I try to see about hardware store floor shops to get puncture-proof gloves. You can't get them. And uh, this is going to be quite an exercise <laughs> to get this huge cactus plant on its side and prop it up again. Well, you're right. But, I mean, uh, leather, you know, good Solid leather yeah. gloves are probably your best route, but you're right. There's no such thing that's truly puncture-proof, so be careful. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks for joining thanks us, Jerry. For calling. Have a great uh, long weekend here as we uh, are welcoming in, <clears throat> pardon me, John from Mississauga. Yes. Hi, John. Our friend John. Good morning. Good morning, good morning Frank. Good morning. Another, another good good week's job, Frank. Yeah, well, well thank done, you. my friend. <laughs> thank you very much. John listens to the radio all the time. He does. All the time. He's... All the time. If I'm in the garden, my, my neighbors say, oh, there's John out again. Yeah, he's got his radio. <laughs> um, Charlie, I, uh, I planted my garlic in the um, usual in, in October. Yes. Um, I planted maybe, I don't know, eight rows and, 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 and some around my fruit trees. But anyhow, mm-hmm. um, the thing is, I planted some from what I had last year, which I, which the, right. which the, I bought it from Stratford. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I, I planted some rows that I bought, to be honest with you, from the store, and they're the big ones. Right. Okay. The one that I bought from the store uh, around November, oh, they were maybe around four, four, five, six inches high. But now they are gone. Hmm. They're gone. So in other words, I don't know. And now the one that I had, you know, in other words, from previous years, mm-hmm. um, they're up and maybe, you know, maybe like again, they're now six. Can you, is it something to do with, with, with the product that I bought or, or, or from, the, from the ground or? Uh, okay. So the way it works, you're uh-huh. right to have planted in October, uh-huh. but the ones that you planted that came up right away, started to grow, and by, uh-huh. you say, November, December, were above the surface. Yes. Those were the ones you had bought at the store. Yes. If you went back, if you'd look closely to see where they were from, uh-huh. I bet you anything, I'm not positive, but I would put money on the uh-huh. fact that those garlic probably came from China. And because they, China, China is the biggest garlic producer in the world now. And when they ship garlic from China on ships, the, it is refrigerated. It is kept cool because it's a perishable product. So the chilled garlic sends, sits on, on the ocean for 10 days, two weeks, gets to North America, again, is transported by train, again, in refrigeration. We get it, it, we buy it at room temperature, but it's been refrigerated. So the garlic thinks that winter has already happened, is what I'm getting to. Okay. So what happened now, is you planted it in October, and it started to grow right away, because yeah. it thought it was spring. Ah. Now, so uh, is Charlie, it still there? Uh, I don't know. May, please. Uh, the one, I didn't buy the one, you know, the one that you buy five for the dollar. They, right. you know, these no, are, no, no, I get these, it. These are around four bucks. I think a, a pound or okay. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the only reason it would grow in the fall is oh, okay. because it had been chilled. 
Somebody chilled it along the way, wherever it came from. So that's as far as I know. Or the garlic was just so ready to go. We had a couple of cool nights, and then we had some warm days. That happens too. The garlic thinks, oh, well, that was winter. You know, those Mm -hmm. couple of two days of cool. All right, time to grow. Bottom line is, is it there? Is it still growing? I don't know. I would take a little exploratory dig and see if there's anything still there. Uh Uh, And also consider planting deeper. That's the other way that we can slow things down. I'd go around maybe three inches. I'd go deeper. Just, deeper, right? Yeah, because uh, even now, now you can, said... Can I, put, can I put some now? Put some in the ground. You can. We won't get to the size you would probably hope for. Oh, okay. Then but I'll, but yeah. uh, still, you can. Some people do plant in the spring for sure. Mm. Okay. Okay, so that, that, that's my lesson that, uh, you know, next time I'll, uh, you know, be, uh, I'll go to a, a good nursery. And, and again, maybe, maybe in September I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a drive to, uh, I like that anyhow. I'll go to Stratford and uh, make a day of it, you know, well, that's what we do. I, but like you said, you planted stuff that you had grown in the past, which I do too. Like I have mm. great garlic and I just keep saving it from year to year. Exactly. Or there's the big garlic festival, which I'll, I'll talk about once we, you know, have a break. I'll yeah, look it up. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. a great source for great garlic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going to give you that break right okay. now, as a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, John. John. Okay. Have a good Have a good day and a good weekend. And uh, we're coming back in just a moment here. I'll get my bell uh, ringing arm in shape for Arthur out there in Etobicoke uh, when we uh, continue with the Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. 9.26 on uh, this rather cloudy Saturday morning, and uh, Charlie is driving me crazy because <laughs> she's gone online looking at garlic uh, festivities. Festivals. And, and yeah, and I, I, as you know, Charlie, I, know. I love Don't garlic get with me going. spaghetti and butter and a lot of freshly ground Fresh. pepper. <gasps> okay, so um, our last caller, yep. John, mentioned Stratford, and you're yep. right, John, there is a big garlic festival. It's a two-day event in Stratford put on by the Kiwanis. Yep. Club, and that is uh, comes this September 9th and 10th. So big deal, obviously, in Stratford. Or if you miss that, you're in Toronto. You can also attend a garlic festival here in Toronto on the 20th, oh, sorry, on the 17th, Sunday, September 17th. So coming up in the fall. All righty. Right. Good enough. Oh, hey, that bell. I got to get that up there. Yay. That's Welcome. for uh, first-time caller Arthur from Etobicoke. Good morning, Arthur. Welcome to the show. Yes, good morning, guys. How are you doing? Excellent. Good. Welcome. Uh, about a month from now, it'll be time thinking about putting tomato plants in. Yep. <laughs> now, last year, I lost about 70% of my tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I can put down to keep squirrels and chipmunks from eating my tomatoes and taking one or two bites out of them and they just leave them there? Little beggars, eh? Squirrels and chipmunks, really? You've seen them doing that? Yes, I have. I've seen squirrels with the ch- with the tomatoes in their mouth running down my yard. Oh, they're little thieves. I, I know, know they are. That's <laughs> funny. I have never seen a squirrel eat a tomato. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> you stole to me. Good heavens. Uh, wait a minute. I mean, I, I sometimes I go to a product that I've got a little pamphlet here, uh, repellent. It's a repellent. Protect your garden with plant skid, P-L-A-N-T, like plant, and then skid, S-K-Y-D-D. Check their website. They do plantskid.com. It is a repellent. It is organic. Can you use it on vegetables? Yes, indeed, you can for protecting legumes, fruits, and other food crops from animals browsing. (laughs) And... Now I don't know if squirrel yeah, yep, yeah, chipmunks and squirrels. Um that one that's my one suggestion off the top of my head. 
perhaps somebody out there who's listening, though, may have had this experience and might want to give us a call, make any other suggestions on how to protect the tomatoes <laughs> from <super>. those <laughs> wild wow. and crazy squirrels and chipmunks. I, I know they are. How about peanuts? Like, why not maybe lure them away with some, like something that they would prefer? You know, peanuts in the shell. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hmm. would consider that, too. Well, that's they, not a bad idea. They would probably yeah. take that. That's what they do to keep the um, squirrels from digging up all the bulbs at the White House. Oh, I see. They they feed the squirrels elsewhere. They put oh. out stacks and stacks a diversionary of diversionary tactic. Exactly. Eh? Oh. exactly. Would, you, would you sprinkle the peanuits around the bottom of the of the plants? No, I put them on the other side of the yard. Put I them try. On the side of the yard. Yeah, and Get just keep them yeah. right away. All right. All right. Try that too. Give that a shot, Arthur. Let us know. Let us know how it works. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> okay. If you can get a picture of that darn squirrel with a tomato <laughs> running. Mouse. Yeah. Boy, that'd be get worth a little bit of money, I would think. Uh, let's see. Alice in Toronto. Hi, and good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. It's, I'm calling regarding my orchid. Mm-hmm. I water it uh, once every seven to ten days. Mm-hmm. And I left the house for three days, and I came back. One of my stems is dying, and it had buds on it. Uh. My leaves are green, and at the bottom where the earth is, the, the roots, I guess they are, they're kind of very dry. So during those three, like, so you watered, and then three days later, suddenly the plant was super dry? Uh, right now, it seems like the roots at the bottom, they're very, very dry, like you, they're... Yeah, you don't want that. You want the roots to be green, and you want them to be... Full and fat and juicy, and you want the tips of the roots that are above ground because you yes. can see those roots. You want the tips of those roots to have a silver tip on them. No, they're very dry. So I would be r- running the kitchen sink full of some tepid water, mm-hmm. and I'd be immersing those orchids, pot and all, under the water, okay. and holding those plants down in under the water until the air bubbles stop rising. Okay. So if that might take five minutes to get those plants thoroughly watered. Then let them drain in the sink, you know, drain the sink, let them sit for five or ten minutes, put them back out into your eastern or northern location. Mm -hmm. The trick to remember as well is we always water our indoor plants less in the middle of winter than we do do now. So whatever our routines, you know, watering by the calendar is never a good idea. Water, because the plant requires water. You know, the days are longer. Excuse me, the sun is pouring in the windows. Plants, I'm, I'm shocked how much I'm watering my indoor plants right now. I'm starting to yell at them. There. Do you lift them up just yeah. for the weight? Oh. Yes, I do. Well? I yeah. do a lot of lifting. What back. do I do with a branch that's dead? Like, it had buds. That I was, you know, waiting for them to bloom. Yeah, I don't know why it would have suddenly shriveled up. But if um, if there's any green in that branch, leave it alone. There is at the bottom. Okay, so you're just going to trim it down to the green. Because I look after my daughter-in-law's orchid for five years, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Well, you know, it could be something else going on there. Look really closely. Maybe there could be an insect. There could be something going on. Okay. Um, you know, take a really mm-hmm. close look at something that, you know, the unexpected may have happened. You may have some kind of an infestation. Okay. But otherwise, I'd do some really thorough watering. Oh, Consider fertilizer as well at this time of year. Yes. Proper yes. orchid fertilizer. Yes. Okay. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Alice. Have a great weekend. And, uh, oh, goody, goody, uh, look at this. Uh, from Port <laughs> McNichol, which is just a little bit north of Barrie, Joanne, a first-time caller. There you go. Hi, welcome to the show. Hello. Morning. Morning. Um, I was uh, listening to the fellow that first called in about a cactus. Mm-hmm. And I have um, a cactus that is very tall, and it's uh, not... They're not very big in diameter, the plant itself. Uh-huh. 
but it's starting to fall over. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, it's in a 10-inch pot. We were thinking maybe we needed to change to a bigger pot, but I know they like to be root-bound. Yes. How tall is it? It's about 5 feet tall. Okay, and how big around is it, would you say? What do you mean, the plant? The like diameter. The individual shoots? Right, is it just a tall, narrow, cylindrical? It's a tall, narrow, but there's about 7 or 8. Uh, right, so there's the top heaviness. Okay, so, Joanne, what I would do, do not pot it into a bigger pot unless you've got evidence of roots coming out the bottom, which is probably not the case. Okay. Two things. One is, I, I assume you've got it in tons of light. You've got it in the yeah, brightest spot in your house, so that's good. Um, be careful, obviously, of wa- overwatering. You know, it's one of those water every two months kinds of things. If it's this, this whole top heavy thing, maybe consider getting some decorative rocks or marbles or some kind of a, uh, a bit of a weight that you will put on the surface of the soil that oh. will make the bottom a little heavier. Um, yeah, like gravel, mm-hmm. you know, something like that, just to, to get a little more weight into the bottom of the pot. I would not pot it up to a bigger pot. Plus, it'd be very hard to handle um, as Jerry said, our, our first caller, like it hurts to deal with cactuses, <laughs> right. and a, a cactus of that size is is challenging for sure. So, so there's no way we could support it with putting some kind of a pole or rod or. You could, but again, that pole or rod, it, 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 is the plant falling out of the pot, or is the whole pot falling well, over? The plants just drooped over the top of it drooped uh, over um okay so it, okay cactus shouldn't droop so if it is drooping i'd be it's possible that you have caused a situation where rot has begun inside the plant oh. due to overwatering so no water and if yes absolutely you can always use steaks you know bamboo steaks which there's lots available now in the stores because it's spring you know they can get green bamboo steaks and all different sizes and do a little bit of a propping it up that way but do not water let's let it be leave it in the sun maybe we've overwatered it maybe Uh uh-huh all right let us know how that goes yeah joanne give us a call back in a couple weeks let us know what's going on Very good. Thank you. And you are listening to The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. Charlie Dobbin, of course, available at these numbers, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And let's uh, wave hello to Gail in Toronto. Hi, Gail. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Um, I was given a plant yesterday, Mm -hmm. and um, it's... It looks like a hydrangea, and it's purple. Nice. It's got purple flowers, and it's got broad leaves. Beautiful. Yeah, it is a hydrangea. Oh, right. Okay, that's what I thought. Good guess. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to know when I can plant it in the garden. Well, once we're frost-free, which will be obviously in Toronto usually no later than early June, you could plant it outside. However, keep in mind that the hydrangeas that are grown in pots, particularly for the Easter season are florist hydrangeas. They are not necessarily hardy enough to survive our winters outdoors. They often will. I mean, I have certainly had some experience planting florist hydrangeas outside of my house, and they'll last for a couple of years, Mm -hmm. but they're they're not truly long-term plants in the garden. 
Oh, okay. okay. So it's a, a gamble as to what yeah. the winter's going to be like and all that stuff. And the beautiful purple that you're seeing, yes, you're unlikely purple. to see. If you do plant it outside and it does survive and it yeah. comes up again next spring, yeah. it will likely have pink flowers Ooh, as opposed to purple. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks very much. You're welcome. All righty. Boy, we're traveling around the countryside this morning, Charlie. Uh, let's head off to Font Hill, which is very mm. close to St. Catharines, really, mm. or Welland. Uh, Wilford on the line. Good morning, uh, Wilford. Nice to have you with us. Good morning. Hello, Wilford. Whoop. Okay. Uh, not there at the moment. All right. We'll we'll uh, check that out. In the, in the meantime, uh, let me uh, zip along to Todd, uh. who is in Plattsville. That's near Kitchener-Waterloo. And welcome, first-time caller, Todd. First-time caller. Hey, Good. welcome to the show. I love your show. Thank Very you. Informative. Nice. Um, I have a cherry tree I planted in 2006. Mm-hmm. I've yet to get cherries off of it. Is it true that I need two cherry trees? What kind of a cherry is it? Do you know? No. <laughs> oh. uh, is it supposed to be a sweet cherry or a sour cherry? I think they were sour. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so sour cherries typically will pollinate themselves. They, you won't get tons of fruit, but you will get some. Are you getting flowers on that tree? I'm getting flowers, but then either the birds are, like, I spray it when I, weather permitting, and I can, you know, no rain and whatnot, but um, if the flower, or if the birds don't get them, then the uh, aphids start to take over. Um, okay, so, wait, so birds don't get what, the cherries? No, no. They, they pick at the flowers. They like do. Flower petals, they take them off. Birds do. I'll see, I'll see the flowering for one or two days, and then they're all gone. Well, it, it, that's often weather dependent. See, we get those hot springs, flowers don't last very long. And they, it, either insects are required for pollination. So if it's a hot spring and the flowers are short-lived, the insects have to be right on the ball there and zipping around from flower to flower in order to get that pollination going on. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would do is um, consider, like, remember we never, ever spray fruit trees when they're flowering. It's actually against the law uh, because when any of the fruit trees are flowering, we expect the pollinators to be buzzing around and any spray that you would spray with will destroy the pollinators, which are beneficial insects. So right. you do, have you used the dormant spray that we've talked about on this show? I, I've used that also. Yes. Okay, good. So you've got that. You've done that this spring. Um, and, the, and yeah, absolutely. Then from this point forward, you can spray with water. You know, if you're worried about aphids, for example. Uh, water is a good thing to spray with because you can blow the aphids right off with that and that won't hurt anything else. Okay. Um, but I would stay right away from any sprays, like I said, particularly when they're flowering. There is a, a, a law called the Bee Act, right. and it, the, the Bee Act okay. stipulates that there's no spraying of fruit trees when flowering. So no, I usually spray when the buds aren't even opened yet. Kind right. of thing and, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so if you get yeah. the flowers and there's any, any source of... See, sweet cherries... You totally need two different sweet cherries. Often, though, a neighbor or somebody's got a cherry or a plum or something that will help yeah. with that pollination. Yeah, but, um, there's nobody with fruit trees around my area either. So. But sour cherries like, should pollinate themselves. So it's just more a question of what variety you planted. Worst case scenario, get yourself another cherry. <laughs> thank okay. you very much. All right. Thank, thank you for uh, joining Todd. us on the show. And I will let you know that there are a couple of lines open right now here on The Garden Show, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4730. And according to my monitor, I think we might have regained uh, Todd. No? 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, we I had to call back in. Okay, we'll be back to talk to other folks here on the line right here on Zoomer Radio. And uh, that, of course, AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And at 9.43, let's say hi to Siva here in Toronto. Welcome to the show, Siva. Good morning. I want to make a reference to the garlic for John. Yes. Because in 2015, October, I planted about 60 heads. Mm -hmm. And when they came up, Charlie told me to cover them because I thought they were coming too early. I tried, Mm. but by the... 2016, I didn't get one head. Mm-hmm. So what I did this year is I planted it in December. Right, so you planted and later. they all came up nicely. Ah, good. This so spring. I, I think Charlie has to plant his later and later yep. as according to the weather. Right, okay? I agree with you. And deeper. <laughs> I meant John, yes. Yes, yes. No I, I love his accent. I wanted <laughs> to tell me where he was born next time. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank, thank you. you. All right, oh, thank John, you very much, I'm sure is listening and he'll call back and let us, yeah. let us Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I think I know where he was born, but anyway, uh, let okay. John tell us. Off and running to Barry, we bound, and there is Marianne. Hi, Marianne. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good. Good. I would like to transplant a small lilac tree, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if I should do it now or wait until... Um, Later. Hmm. Small. How big is small? Well, it's uh, it's it's about maybe four feet. And how long has it and half feet? been in the position it's in now? When did you plant it? Uh, well, this was a long time ago, uh, oh. and it just sort of sprouted from another one. Oh, I see. And so it's so, a sucker off the side of another yes. one. Hmm. But it's it's grown and it's healthy, and and it had flowers on it, but it's just not in the appropriate place. Okay. So the best time to transplant. <clears throat> Is either spring or fall. Right. So it being spring and it's a good time to transplant, now would be an optimal time to do it. Oh, good. However, you will risk the flowers this year by doing, you know, the flower buds are there right now. They're not open yet. Doing a transplanting now is stressful, so you may find that you won't, the flowers won't be quite as beautiful and big and fat and juicy as you might have hoped for, but next year should be fine. Good. Or wait till the fall. I mean, the fall would be, a, a, you know, fall as in September, early September, uh, as a good time to transplant. But if the plant is in a really inappropriate place, then why not just transplant it sooner than later would be my okay. suggestion. And use a little uh, transplanter fertilizer or bone meal just to encourage root growth as part of that transplanting. Wonderful. Thank okay. you so much. Thank okay. you. Thank you for joining us here on Zuma Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Hey, Marita in Guelph, welcome to the show. Yes, good morning. Morning. Yes. Uh, I have um, numerous stems of pussy willows, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody had just cut them down and thrown them out, and mm-hmm. I retrieved them and stuck them in a pail with some water. Mm-hmm. They're now kind of getting fuzzy looking, but I'd like to plant them. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any way to grow them? Are they like forsythia that you can just stick them in the ground and yep. they'll grow? Yep. 
<laughs> you can just stick them <laughs> to the ground and they'll grow. That's the cool thing about willows. Uh, so just. But I've got them in a pail of water, and now they're they're kind of yellowish. It looks like they're almost blooming. Not all of them, but, but they're turning that way. But that me? that's exactly what's going on. You know, the the little pussies that we love so much; those are flower buds. They just happen to have that little furry coat on them. Oh, and then the, so now they're getting that yellowish. That's right. That little yellow is... And you know something that I've noticed is that butterflies are coming onto them. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I had that, like six butterflies. They look like monarch butterflies. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. So early and in I the thought, season. I thought they were only into milkweed, but... Um, well, okay, so they... Anyway. Yeah, well, milkweed is, is where they lay... The, the larvae, the little caterpillars, eat the leaves of milkweed. But all butterflies are happy to unfurl... Their tongues are rolled up. Like, it's so interesting the way that works. They unroll their tongues down into tiny, tiny little little orifices where they find drips of, ne- of nectar. And they find that on the pussy willows. Yep, they'll find you. will be amazed. <laughs> if you get out a magnifying glass and look at the, what's going on in those pussy willows, you will see those are little tiny flowers. Really? Yeah. So what do I do? Just take, like they're in a bucket of water because I didn't yeah, really know what that's to fine. do. Just jam them in the ground. Remember, they're going to be fairly big plants, though. Eventually. Yeah, but I have a large yard. Perfect. So, <laughs> so you know, eight I'm, feet wide, ten feet tall is what they're going to become. So just... How, say that again? Well, pussy willows will usually grow as a shrub, and the sh- multi-stem shrub, eight feet wide, ten feet tall. So oh, okay. So jam those stems into and the ground. And how do you stick them? Just make sure you've got a couple of those buds, those pussy willow buds, under the ground, because that's where the roots will come from. So and do you jam have to them in. a hole, or can you just kind of shove them in? Just shove them in. I mean, unless it's, you know, you may have to loosen the soil if it's very compacted, but otherwise right. you'd be amazed. And They'll so, just grow. So they need sun, shade? Sun, sun. Anything? Yep, sun, and if it's a low-lying area, they like their moisture. All the willows Okay, uh, I got that, but they don't have to be in full sun or, like, they'll grow almost anywhere? Not pure shade, but water is, they require water, consistent water, and sunny and open is good as well. Oh, okay. Well, I have several spots. So I'll be there able to keep them going. Yep. And how long should they um, take to root? Oh, they'll be rooted once you put them in the ground within a week or two at this time of year. Oh, really? Yep, so yep. that's all you do? That's so it. that was the right idea that yeah. I stuck them in a pail. No, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, thank you Let so much. Let us know how it Thank goes. you, Marita. Thanks. We do have to move along here. <laughs> he snuck a couple of extras in there on us, but that's all right. 9.49 here as we head for a little bit of a break on the Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Looking through my magic window here at the Zoomer Plex, I see in Dundas, Ontario, there is Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Um, Charlie, I just read an article on the benefits of clover as a lawn mm-hmm. covering, and I'm just wondering what your take is on that. Oh, clover's great. Oh, okay. Clo- well, I mean, most people don't want clover in their lawn, but personally, I'm a big fan. A um, mm-hmm. couple of reasons. One is... Clover is a member of the, the legume family, so it's one of those legumes or the beans and peas. They do something that no other plant can do, which is to take nitrogen from the air and convert it into a usable form for themselves. Okay. So all the legumes are able to 
create their own nitrogen, you know, accessible nitrogen, which is excellent self-fertilization. But the, one of the also great things about clover is it's got a very deep tap root. So it is a bit of a tough one to pull if you're trying to pull it out of the lawn. But when we get into drought time of year and there's water restrictions and you're not watering your lawn and your lawn turns yellow and goes dormant, the clover stays green because the clover's got that deep, deep tap root and it's able to access water when lawn turf grasses, their roots are way up, you know, a couple inches below the surface and they they dry out and just go to sleep for four to five weeks while we wait for rain. Legumes like clover stay nice and green. So it's a it's an excellent it's an excellent lawn alternative. As long as you've got good sun, um, it will it will thrive. Okay, so under trees, like ma- we have a huge maple tree, and grass has trouble growing mm-hmm. under it. But the clover won't do well there either. Uh, probably not super well. I mean, you'll have once it gets established, it will. It, it yeah, it'll do better than the grass, the oh. turf grasses. Mm-hmm. But it probably won't be, you know, as thick. And, and it also depends whether you plan on mowing the clover. Sometimes people will plant clover as a lawn alternative and not mow it right. for the entire summer. And it'll grow, you know, knee high, mm-hmm. be covered in flowers and full of buzzing pollinators. And, and many very, you know, many uh, beneficial insects love clover flowers. Like, it's just brilliant for that. Other people, like I have lots of clover in my lawn, and it gets mowed when the lawn gets mowed. So it, it doesn't get as many flowers. And from a distance, it just looks like a... Like just green, right? Right, right. But, um, but okay. yeah, no, it's it's lovely. It's a, an excellent idea. All right, great. Thank you. Thank You're you, very Suzanne. Welcome. By the way, uh, the listener's called uh, saying, hey, Charlie's email, can you give it? You betcha. Got a piece of paper and pencil? Okay, here we go. It's c.dobbin, that's D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Com, okay. Oh, and uh, gee whiz, <laughs> Charlie's smiling because she sees me reaching for the bell. <laughs> yes. First time caller, Roslyn in St. Catharines. Hello and welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Charlie, I'm calling about the begonia that you said that we could um, take into the house and store for the winter. Yes. Well, I dried it out and I put it in a storage room that's a darkened storage room. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I do with it? Ah, uh, well, have you checked on them at all this winter? No. Okay, so as soon as you get off the phone, go to your dark storage room, pull out the tubers, the begonia tubers, and see if they're still alive. If you've packed them away dry, like in dry peat moss, yes. they may just be shriveled up and have no weight to them anymore, no heft, no, and not be alive. That is one of the challenges with, with the begonias. You kind of want to keep a little bit of moisture around them, uh, otherwise they will just shrivel up and, and, and die. But oh. too much moisture and they will turn mushy and moldy. Right, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so at this point, that's what I do. I'd go and check, see what the status of the, the actual tubers is. Yes. If they seem like they're, you know, they're meaty, they've got some weight to them, get out your little pots and your potting soil and get them potted up. Uh, it's certainly appropriate to get those going now and uh, wake them up, get them in some sunshine. Yeah. They will start to grow and as soon as we're frost free, you can get them outside. Okay, now you've got a little a li- list of to do for next weekend <laughs> as to call us and let us know what the answer, were they alive, were they dead, okay? <laughs> thanks, right, thank thanks Rosalind. Thanks, Rosalind. Look forward to finding out the end of that story. Um, gee whiz, that we're busy on the old bell ring here this morning. Oh, really? Yeah, June a lot of, uh... in Newmarket. Hello. Ah, good morning. Hi, June. Good morning. I love your show. I listen to it every week. Nice, thanks. And I have a bit of a, a suggestion for those who have called in concerning the chipmunks and squirrels <laughs> digging up their bulbs and plants. Uh-huh. 
many years ago, and I don't know who gave it to me, but many, many years ago, someone gave me a suggestion, buy blood meal. Mm -hmm. Now, not Mm -hmm. bone and blood meal, Mm -hmm. just straight blood meal. It Mm -hmm. smells horrible, Mm -hmm. but it does come in huge containers. Mm -hmm. And when you plant your bulbs and your container plants, like in patients and whatnot, and I have many container plants, sprinkle that very liberally all over the top of the soil, Squirrels do not like the smell of it mm-hmm. because it's blood. Right. Ah. Well, that's right. It's from yeah. the abattoirs, right? That's right. And they, the odd time, they will dig something up. But if it rains, of course, mm. you need to replace that because it does penetrate in the soil. And it is a fertilizer. It acts that's as a right. fertilizer. It doesn't hurt to get it on the leaves of the plants. I'm not sure about the man who called in with the, them taking his pink tomatoes away. I know. But it might be worth a try. I don't know. Yeah. True. I mean, it's a, it, it, blood meal is definitely does work as a, as a repellent. Mm-hmm. There is, as you point out, though, that need to replenish after rain. Yes, you do. With tomatoes, they are heavy feeders, and they would probably love being Sir, you know, top dressed or you know, uh, fed blood meal throughout the summer because they, that would be good for them. Yes, of course. But we we traditionally don't continue to feed particularly high nitrogen fertilizer no. to our plants all summer if they're of the perennial variety. But certainly the annuals is great. You know, there's mm-hmm. no issues there. And but, they probably wouldn't need it all summer because I find as they fill out, mm-hmm. they don't bother them quite as much. much. It's when they're just the soil is just there and they want to plant their nuts or whatever they I find. I know. You know? It's and loose. that's when they dig everything out. I know. They're so curious. Yeah. What yeah. did you plant? I want to see what you planted. I know. <laughs> they drive me nuts. They certainly do. So good suggestion. Thanks for that, June. Well, you're very, very welcome. And I love your show. I remember seeing you, Charlie, on television many years ago with uh, Dennis Flanagan. Mm-hmm. One Garden, Two Look. No? Yeah, it was on HGTV. Oh. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks for that. Well, thank you for talking to me and taking my suggestion. I hope it works for other people, too. It certainly works for me, and I've passed it on many times, and other people enjoy it. So That's great. Uh, hopefully it works for them. All right, so just thank straight you, blood meal. Good suggestion. Mm-hmm. All right, so speaking of seeing yes. people on television, I, <laughs> Frank doesn't want me to say this because he's really, really shy, but... Um, here at the Zoomerplex, we now have in the studio cameras, yes. and the cameras are running as when we're on air. So if you want to see us, not wait for us to do some television show, we're actually, you know, yeah. on TV it's, as we speak. Don't but let on it throw you. It throws me a little bit because it's delayed by about four or five seconds. It's true. It's more and than four. Uh, yeah, it's I, quite I a delay. <laughs> I, I can't stand looking at myself. So just go to AM740 website, and then there's a, I think it's go listen live. Anyway, bottom line, it's Zoom. Radio live streaming is yeah. now happening. Well, thank you very much. In, in My pleasure. That I said, don't do that. And I know. Goes right I, I, it's because oh. you look so dapper today. I think the people should see how good <laughs> you look. Thank you, Charlie. Hey, what are you doing yeah. for Easter? Um, golly. Uh, well, oh, Shirley's going to be cooking up a big turkey. Oh, tomorrow. Good. Family's yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Oh, good. All right. So Me nice. too. Big, big turkey. It's Easter tomorrow, yeah. so yeah, get out there and have some fun. Play with the, get out those chocolate eggs and you know hunt them down. Absolutely. All that important stuff. And uh, don't eat too much chocolate. Thank you, Sebastian. Couldn't do any of this without Sebastian's help. Of course, Frank definitely couldn't well, can't do it without yeah. Frank's help. Yeah. And looking forward to next week. Yeah, Mark DeZero's here, so we'll have even more fun. Though we always have fun. Thanks to all our great callers. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. 
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.